0: Well, good morning, good morning again. Well, let's read this morning, Mac, I'm turning your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 5, and it's a powerful missions text, I'm want to pull it apart that way this morning. Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, and if it's a habit of this church to stand for the reading of the Word of God, then please rise. Once you find that, pop up like a Pop-Tart, very good. They do have Pop-Tarts in the UK. I know someone was going to ask me that. Uh, We could find some. Let's read uh, Mark chapter 5, verses 1 and following it says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him, this is Jesus, um, out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, And the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But, I like that little three-letter word. But when he saw Jesus afar off, the man ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee? Thou Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he had said unto him, come, uh, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much, that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains, a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith, Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that uh, fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to uh, depart out of their coasts. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him. Go, to the, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. You may be seated. You know, the night before they left, the, and they'd been teaching multitudes in the region of Capernaum, the, the, the center of Jesus' Galilean ministry, and they, they embarked on boats to cross the Sea of Galilee and I think in, in their mind of minds, the Bible doesn't say this explicitly, but I think the disciples think, we're going to get away for a little rest. We'll get away with the Lord, we'll take a boat trip, it'll be nice and quiet. <laughs> you know, sometimes that's the way it may look, but God has something else for us. In fact, sometimes God will give us a test. You talk about studying in college, sometimes God will give us a test and then give us the instruction. And I think that's a powerful way to teach. And if we're, if we're following the Lord, those, uh, those situations will turn out. Well, what happens? Their night, they, they are awoken by a storm that they think, and as seasoned veteran seamen, they think that the boat's going to sink. So they wake up the Lord and they, they plead to him, oh, we're about to sink. And what does he do? He speaks to the waves and the wind, and it's quiet. And you know, I like this, the prior chapter ends, and, and it says, And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? He 's one hundred percent man, but he 's one hundred percent God, and they 're learning that, but you know god 's little teaching time, this little sabbatical is not over yet, and what happens in the morning they they 're greeted with a challenging situation to say the least a demon possessed man in fact, a man possessed by a legion of demons, not just one and it 's interesting jesus doesn 't warn his disciples as we go through this the disciples are following it was a faith lesson. And following Jesus, and when we're with Jesus, we, where he wants us, yes, we might have challenges, but there's going to be victories in those challenges. In fact, Mark chapter 5 is a wonderful discourse of the challenges that Jesus has victory over. Demons, disease, death, blindness. You know, we're, we're, we're not told by the Lord where we're going. We're just told to follow him. That's the Christian walk. And the, the message is, is, is driven by love. It's, Mary and I felt that the call to step out about 20 years ago. And we, were, we sat where you sat, and we were serving the church, working with jo- Children's Church, loved doing it, had a wonderful job. I loved my job. And then God started to knock on our hearts. He says, Dave, it wasn't an audible voice, but both Mary and I were hearing the call. God's got something for us. and It was to follow him across another sea. And when it comes down to it, when you think about as we follow the Lord and, 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 and walking in, in this call he's had on us, It's really driven by the love that Christ has shown for us. He's saying, Dave, there's people that need to hear that. You know, one of the things I didn't dwell on up there, but I'll talk about a little bit now, is in Wales, the young people are very unlikely to hear the gospel. This is a country that sent out missionaries in great numbers. And if you ask a young young people, when we restarted early this year, it was new uh, primary school ages 8 to 11, I said, how many have ever heard of Moses. And they have religious instruction in the school. How about uh, King David? They didn't know. So a little, a little funny thing, I'll drop this in if I can. If you saw in there, who, who's ever used the Betty Lukens flannel graph? If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll explain to you later. Little flannel shapes that go on a background. It worked great in the 1960s. Guess what? It works great in 2022 in Wales. The children look at it. What is this? What is this mysticism? How do they stick to this board? But we're teaching them the basic stories. In fact, we're starting with Betty Lukens. We started with creation. We're working our way right on through. And it's wonderful. Even though sometimes Moses flies, they remember by even just by handling that philandograph. Just, just a little aside there. But the young people, even though they have that religious instruction, most of them don't know what the gospel is. In fact, they end up coming out of their educational system inoculated against faith. And that's a big problem in united kingdom right now they have religious classes that are taught by lost people that's a bad mix but let me continue again it's it's the love that christ showed us that spurred us on as he calls us to take the the message to the uttermost or across the street to share it with the people of wales and in our situation again our we started where you sat and we when we felt the call we went to our pastor and said this is what we're feeling and he actually said in a very wise move. He says, "Is there ever a place that you and Mary have felt led, and at the same time, like clockwork?" Mary says, "The tropics and I said Iceland," <laughs> and he says, "I pray God will work that out for you. I, I can make a case. Wales is not far off from that." But we did that. But we went, we started going on mission trips our, ourselves. We went to Belize. We ministered with a, a a veteran missionary to see what missionaries did day in and day out. Uh, some of our friends that. Uh, surrendered a few years ahead of us were in Zambia. We went to Zambia, and we saw the need in Zambia. We would have loved to have followed them there, but God had something else for us. In fact, he called us to go across into into Wales, and what greeted us was not a demon-possessed man coming out of the tombs, but a country that's walked away from God. And of the many, many churches in our town, there was once 11 chapels. One is a proper chapel right now. The rest of our homes are falling into disrepair. The testimony, we we're surprised to see that God was leading us into a post-Christian country. But he's asked us to take my love and show them my love. You know, there's, there's an old preacher saying they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And in a country that will reject any discussion about faith. And you know what? I know where you live. This is a hard country, too. You probably get some of the same answers. Uh, when we try to share our faith, oh, we don't talk about religion. Does that ever happen, Pastor? No, it doesn't ever happen. But I try to leave the door open. They say, well, as a minister, I'm here to answer questions. You ever have a question? Now you know who to come to. And they usually take well to that. They would leave the doors open to share the love of Christ for them. You know, for us, the, the call wasn't immediately obvious, but the Lord knew, and we followed his leading. And so here we've been in Wales 11 years, to God be the glory. But this morning, I'd like to take this text... And look about, look at the love of God and how the love of God drove his God the Son to His in his ministry and bringing salvation and indeed offering a, a kingship uh, to the world, but also um, how he interacted with his creation. And I think there's some lessons for us here. In the, in the first passage here, verses 1 through 5, we'll see... The Savior knows where the needs is. It's it's not a shock to me. The disciples were were kind of along for the ride, but Jesus directs that boat right where it needs to be. That demon-possessed man didn't have to come running for miles. He didn't have to go into town. He didn't have to go looking for him. The boat lands, and guess who's right there? You know, if we follow God, things work out that way, and it's amazing to see his timing put things together. Yes, the disciples didn't know. But the needs of this man, and indeed God's love, drives us to go to the need. And Jesus goes where the need is. And just a question for us this morning. Are we asking God where we should be going? It could be across the street. It could be for the Christmas tree lighting. We're going to miss that. Or the town lighting ceremony. We're missing that in our town in Hollywell. They have a beautiful one. But it's a great opportunity. Just be there. And share the hope. I'm sure you'll be inviting them to carol services and wonderful things. But go, ask God, where would you have me to be? And then follow. And you'll find as you follow God, you'll you'll be where you need to be. God is not willing that any should perish, 2 Peter 3, 9. But, but all should come to repentance. And we are called to take that message of hope and love to a world that's in 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 desperate need. In fact, we, we see a seeking savior here. The second part, if you're taking my notes outline here, the second part is we see a sorrowful man. I don't think you can get much more sorrowful than this. He's, he's been possessed by demons and if that wasn't bad enough, the best the world could do is chain him up, leave him out in the tombs away from any contact with people. Oh, he's, he's we're reminded here in this man, faith is not a, it is a spectator sport. I mean, it is not a spectator sport. We don't sit back and watch. We go out and do Love is an action verb, and it's shown in our actions. And I see in this scene, as I like to look around in the, in the, on that beach that day, we see disciples, and the disciples see a demon-possessed man. And maybe you've had that experience where our eyes will deceive us. There's, there's something bigger and more important going on, and we'll let culture, we'll let something in our past make us look at a situation bad. I'll tell a story on myself. We used to do a lot of door-to-door um, welcoming people into the area in my sending church. I remember going up the door, knocking on the door. A guy comes to the door. It was summer. He had a shirt off. He had tats. And I'm going, oh, great. This will be fun. I wonder what's happening at the next house. Shame on me. You know what that man said to my shame? He said, I'm glad you've come. I have questions about the Bible. I've just been reading the Bible. Don't let any preconceived notions. This is one of the times God took me out to the spiritual woodshed. Don't let what we see here stop us from doing the will of God and sharing the love of God. Paul writes it this way, and he puts it in a wonderful fashion, 2 Corinthians 5.16. He says, Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh? That is, these things will deceive us. There's a spiritual battle going on. Go with the spiritual equipment that Christ will give us, and then look for where the spiritual need is. We know no man after the flesh. An application, one of the, uh, just, um, I'm always looking for opportunities to share Christ with people. We'll get some people stop by the church. But now we're we coming up on the radar. We have this nice facility. People want to borrow it and use it for things, and we'll we we'll listen to them. We don't use it for uh, things except that we we even get a, a, a good outreach with it. But um, there's an incident that happened a few years ago, and I got in the newspaper as a judo chopping American pastor. I never chopped anyone, but I did stop a criminal that had stolen a laptop from uh, our chapel the day before. He got it in the newspaper, and a wobbly old minister taking down a. A guy, until the police come, made news. We, we tried to reach him out. And what I liked about it is, it's, it's a little having fun with it, but what the newspaper caught up, why he stole the laptop, is I saw a drunk man on the way to church on Sunday morning. And I reached out to him and said, if you come to church, I'll get you connected with food, a place you can try out, and some help. And he just wanted money for his, for his next drink, so he stole a laptop. Long story short. Newspaper article comes out, and a woman reads it and says, oh, here's something that, that I can get something done. I want to put Hollywell on the map. has a big religious center. There's a whole, the holy well in the town. It's a Catholic shrine. So she starts making this case where I'd like to see if the church would be interested in cooperating. I'm like, no, but tell you what, why don't you come down on Wednesdays? We have a Bible study. We'll listen to what you have at the very beginning, have to say, and then we'll move on. Of course, it's, let's share the gospel with her. Well, she comes. We ask her, what's going on? And she explains her thing, but she starts breaking down. She's, she's talking about praying to so-and-so, Satan so-and-so, and it wasn't working out, and this and that. And I said, you know what? You have religion, but you don't have relationship. Can I take a few minutes in this in our Bible study to show you how you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ loves you and he has something for you? And she let us lead her through the plan of salvation. And it was, was, it was wonderful for a study, Bible study because a few of the other people kind of stepped in at the right time as it was not stepping on my toes, but they stepped in at the right time to say the right things, and she received Christ that day. So out of a crazy phone call, which you, you, no thank you, people get saved. So look for opportunities. You may not want to do that all the time. That's just that's just me. But look for opportunities to share Christ because we need the, the need and the love of Christ drives us to take it the, the love to that need. Just just a thought there. You know Christ knows where that need is. I keep hitting on it. It's amazing to think. The love for this one man. How many people get saved because he crossed the Sea of Galilee? In his direct ministry, one. Now, he's going to give that man a ministry, but he reached one man. That, that whole journey was worth it for one. I like that. Souls are valuable. And if it was valuable for the creator of all there is to make that special trip, I think it's valuable for us to do the same. Let's move on. We see Jesus, well, he's going to heal this man. And I think the thought in verses six through thirteen, God's love drives us to bring healing, to bring healing. We we have the man in chains, and we, what we learn about this man really is, is that he's just demon possessed. He had great need. He was enslaved by unclean spirits. Neither he himself nor the the world could help him. He couldn't be held or constrained. I just find it amazing that on those metal—I don't know whether it's brass or iron—he was able to break the fetters. That takes some fury. But the world, all they could do is lock them up. You know, that's kind of health care right now. I'm going to step into some things that are going on in the U.K. One of the big things in the news is uh, our mental health. And suicide rates are up. Uh, people are, are seeking medical care. There's not enough facilities. And this is also out of time, but let's remember, five, 2 to 5% of the population is going to church. I can't say it's true for all of the cases, but I think if, and I, I can't even imagine this because of, as long as I've walked with the Lord, but if, if you're here this morning and you think that there's nothing in this life uh, except for you and, and you, ultimately, that's a depressing place to be. All this didn't happen by accident. I'm a scientist by training. I'm a mechanical engineer, and I look at things scientifically from time to time. Creation doesn't just happen. You know, God's testimony is in his creation, the creation says, look in my book, it's better. So one of the things we see here in this man that he needs healing, though, and the world can't heal him. But you know what? Christ, even though this man's in chains, Christ is the chain breaker. And he had a spiritual solution. He had a spiritual problem, and he had a Christ has a spiritual solution. It's interesting. A few years ago, there was an outpouring of the Spirit, supposed to be miraculous healings down in a town called Cumbrae in South Wales, and people are all flocking there. And really, nothing's coming out except there's a mere movement of the Spirit. And people are being healed. God is in the healing business, don't get me wrong. But I never heard of that, the guy that was doing this healing go to the local hospital and empty it, empty, empty the cancer ward. If he would do that, I'd go to his church. But today, so much today, people want to do this miraculous. The real miracle today is God will take a cold black heart and make it white as snow. When we place our faith in Christ, when we realize our way doesn't work, and we turn to him for forgiveness for our sins and, and, and redemption, that's the true, true miracle that is done today. And what we see, and what's interesting, you hear about like partial hearings. A person that was wheelchair-bound was able to stand for a few minutes. I see in the Bible when Christ heals someone, they're completely healed. There were a legion of demons in this man before Christ arrived. There were no le- demons in this man when Christ left. Completely healed. Not just partial, but complete. I, I, I wanted, those demons teach us something, though. Stay with me on this. The demons teach us a lesson in theology. This is a little radical, but hold on. What do they teach us? Well, what are they asking for? When Christ shows up, they know exactly who it is. They know this is God the Son. Who has God the Father given ultimate judgment in the hands of? God the Son. And here he is. And they're thinking, is this it? And what they're asking for is an extension of their pitiful lives, even to live in a herd of swine. Because what's coming is living in swine is going to be a lot better than the lake of fire. And that's what's awaiting the demons and Satan and those that will follow and will reject Christ. That is what awaits them. So the demons teach us something. They teach us the reality of the judgment. You know, there's no doubt in their eyes. I think as humans, we don't see real well in the spiritual realm. We, we, we suffer in that. We, we can see the physical. Oh, don't, let, don't let the physical deceive you. And in the in the in the physical realm, the future is way off. It could be something fluffy, fluffy, never happen. It's going to happen. Yet we, in our minds, will not make decisions we should based on the reality of the future. Because oh, that's that'll happen to someone else. I've got I've got I've got many years. I got time. No, the demons say it's the time is now. The second thing uh, they they show us is uh, the, the reality and the nearness that they get a, a, a short extension. In fact, when he comes up, it wasn't say they fell at his feet and worship. Worship has a couple of meanings in the Bible, and I think in the context of this passage, it means to grovel. One is we came to worship the Lord today in wonderful songs. I have got to get the name of the third song. I want to take that one back to Wales. Um, but we came to worship the Lord today. That's with an open heart, rejoicing. This is the other form of worshiping, which is showing obedience to a superior being. It's groveling. You know, Philippians two ten says us that the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow. One day we'll all stand before Jesus. are we ready? Well, as Christians, we we need to be taking that love of Christ so that the world can be ready. But again, we can lose clear sight of that. Oh, don't lose clear sight of that. Now, like as you've had missionaries in, it's kind of a time to remind us that the time is short, and we need to be busy about the kingdom business and bringing the healing of Christ. You know, in, in Wales, we've seen many that are in bondage of many forms, uh, They can be bondage and thinking they're Christians because they've grown up in a Christian country. Well, that's getting questionable now because it's less than 50% will even claim to be Christian in the United Kingdom. They may be uh, resting on doing good things. Tell you what, the British people, they're good people. They will give you the shirt off their back. They're hardworking, by and large. Or maybe we see people in bondage like the man that stole the laptop. He was into drugs, he was into alcohol just to put a Band-Aid on his life that was a mess. Uh, being even busy in sports or stuff that just kind of numb yourself to the reality of life. Again, the mental health services in the United Kingdom are overwhelmed. And the best they can do, honestly, and I've been into some of the facilities, one of the things ministers can still do is I can go in when even family can't go in, and I can see it's just they're locking them up. And they're using chemical chains sometimes just to, 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 to calm them down, but there's no real solution. I think the solution is in Christ and we need to be getting Christ into our world. But let's, let's not dwell there uh, too long. A small historical note. Uh, this is the ancient land. If you know your Old Testament history, this was where a half-tribe uh, set up camp. They didn't go into the Promised Land on the, this side of the Jordan, uh, the east side of the Jordan, and another whole tribe did. And even, even the, 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 the tribe of Gad was a little further south, but maybe there's a little tie to the name there. But what was their heritage? from the time that they settled the land till the time of Christ they became hog farmers now i like bacon don't get me wrong but in the in the in the, in the, 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 the 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 system of the mosaic law that was unclean and here that, that's their testimony watch out for our test i say that to say this watch our testimony america we're starting to drop the standard and we need to hold that standard high for christ this country wasn't a deist country it was founded on, on christ it was founded on the bible It's that simple let's not give that heritage up they gave their heritage up now, i'm not a, trying to be a nationalist we when we're saved we're, we're part of a different kingdom a kingdom that's in in heaven that's going to be the lord as our our king don't lose sight of that we got a great time coming but watch that a man by the name of uh, Luis palau uh, was saved by welsh missionaries again once, t- once upon a time they sent out missionaries and Luis palau down in argentina was, was saved under the, um, a minister uh, of, of the Welsh missionaries. He came back to Wales in the 1970s and saw what basically you see there hasn't changed a lot since the 70s. Churches closed all over the place, very few people going. And he coined a phrase, and I really said that story to, to, to set this up God does not have grandchildren. God has no grandchildren. I love grandchildren. We've got two now. We're going to see them next week. Yes. Going to spoil them rotten in the little time we get with them. And as dear as those two girls are, God has no grandchildren. why each and every one of us needs to come to God. It's not our parents or their heritage that gets us into heaven or gives us any righteousness It's by coming to Christ one on one confessing our sins and receiving his righteousness. just I pray if you're if you're a spiritual grandchild here today oh become a spiritual child don't leave this 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 church without becoming that spiritual child let 's move on as we Begin to wrap this up. We in verses fourteen through seventeen, the, the town people. I've learned in, in a small town, you don't need the internet for things to, ta- to pass quickly, <clears throat> and that that news traveled fast. And God's love. I'm going to subtitle verses fourteen through seventeen. <coughs> excuse me. God's love drives us regardless of the outcome. What happens? We see a changed man, and I like the illustration. We have a changed man. Again, a reminder: when Jesus heals, he heals completely. And people seeing, seeking the miraculous need to look at that heart that's changed. That's where real change is these days, and that's the, the healing that we take out. But the demons are cast out; they're gone. The one that was that, that troublemaker that they chained up and left out by the tombs for their convenience is totally changed. How's he changed? <coughs> he was violent. He was naked. I don't know why. If you would read the parallel passage, Luke eight, he was demon possessed. What does it say here? He's sitting. As in learning, he's sitting at the feet of a teacher and he's learning. He's closed. Most of all, it says he was in his right mind. You know, I love when God gets a hold of our heart. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Some of those things take time as you, you study the Bible and you learn. God scrubs us all over. But I do have a challenge <clears throat> that what if we have received Christ, there'll be a new we'll have a new savior. What is Christ in this case? By the way, I say I have that in my notes. The savior that the, the Brits largely look for now is government. Government makes a lousy God. Look at the way they respond to issues. Government is their God. Just a side point. When we get saved, we have a new savior, new desires, new goals, new purpose. If you think you're a Christian, there's never been a change. You're some very poor grammar, but it's great theology. If you is what you was, then you probably ain't. Think that through a bit. If there's been no change, and I'm not here to, to judge someone, but if there's been no change in your, and there's no peace in your heart, there's no moment in your, in, in your life that you can say, I, that's when I surrendered to Christ, probably ain't. Oh, check that out. Here's a complete change, and what's curious in this completely changed man, we see unchanged town people. They take notice of the change. Are they rejoicing that the crazy man that was tied up in the, in the, the, out by the, the, uh, the, the tombs is healed? No. They didn't care for the man. They cared about their pocketbook. Their, their business was floating in the Sea of Galilee. In the end, they choose pigs over God. They ask Christ to leave. And guess what Christ does? He gets back in that boat and he's leaving. You know, Christ will not force us to follow him. But what a contrast with a changed man, unchanged townspeople. You know they pleaded for him to leave he left. I, I want to encourage us here. We invite a lot of people to church in Wales. Not a lot of people come. Don't be weary and well-doing. Sow that seed. Someone else may say the same thing. I just heard that a little while ago. Maybe God's talking to me. But don't be weary and well-doing. Don't be discouraged. If the creator of all there is, and by the way, the, the one by whom all things consist are holding together right now. Has one person converted? That's a good day at the office, I think. And that one man was worth the journey. I think of the, 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 the ten that are healed, the lepers that are healed, only one came back to thank him. little Bible, Bible study question. Does anybody remember where that man was from? Samaria. Those were the guys that didn't quite get their theology right to the north. Oh, don't be discouraged, we have a changed man and unchanged townsfolk. But as we, we look at this, we're reminded in Wales, we just keep faithful. Well, we, we're sowing. I, I read somewhere in my Bible, one sowed, another water, and God gives the increase. Keep sowing and keep watering, God will give the increase. And we're seeing it slowly but steadily. We don't try flash-in-the-pan things, by the way. We'll try something for six months for a year before we decide whether it's working or not. And you've got to try. And things that start off with zero we Will be one after a couple of weeks, maybe two, three, four. Our coffee morning was that. Mary and I had a lot of good coffee together on a couple of mornings, <laughs> and then some friends that happened to be Christians took pity on us and came, and they kind of they invited a few friends, and it took off. But be, 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 don't be weary and well doing. Let's let's wrap this up. And the final passage, we part of the passage we see in verses eighteen through twenty, we we see kind of the key to this message: God's love drives us to service. And at this confrontation, if you want to call it that, as it draws to a close, the, the Lord and the disciples are getting back into the ship. You know, it's really not surprising at all that the healed man says, can I come with you? Oh, you healed me. The demons are gone. I can, my mind is clear. Can I go with you? And I think that was a good thing. And, and while that's there will be a three, three-part sermon here, but man's vision, there's nothing wrong with that vision, I don't think, to be with Christ, to learn with it from him. There's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes we have to choose the best over the better. And Jesus says, I've got something that's even better than that for you. And the second part is Christ's commissions. He says, go and tell them what I did in your life. Go to those, it says, go, go to your home. Literally, it says in the Greek, go to those that know you. Go home to thy friends. Go to the people that know you. Knew what you were and see what you are now. And just tell them who did it. That's his t- testimony. He didn't go to Bible college. Not uh, Saying the Bible is a bad thing, but God sent him out right where he was, as he was. The moment we're saved, we've got a testimony that's as powerful as anyone's testimony. And then finally, I, I love how the passage ends. In verse 20, it says And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. The you other know, success in submission, they marveled. And as he obeyed, he was driven by the love that healed him. He had success. I like that. He had his testimony to the world. You know, sometimes Christ will ask us, impact us by his message to stay right where we are. Sometimes he'll call him back up to Vermont to pastor a church. And sometimes in the back walls, uh, has cards, all missionaries all over the world that you support. He calls a few to go all the way out there. But whatever it is, we all have the same testimony. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not never perish but have everlasting life. Well, how to wrap this up? Two things. Christians, are you driven by the love of Christ to go that extra extra mile, to, to, to do what's inconvenient, to, to do what's awkward at times but is God-honoring? Uh, I know Pastor Dan would say, I could probably use a few more helpers up here. He didn't ask me to say that, but I know as a pastor in in Wales, I need helpers. Please pray for us, and in Wales for helpers, I'll pray for helpers for you here. And sometimes, you're just a little bit of a a thing to do. The Bible says to look from the pit from whence you dig. Look, Look back where you were, and look where God has brought you. And that ought to bring some joy in your heart. Don't lose that first love, as it says in Revelation. Don't lose that first love, but take that love out. And then finally, I, I purposely want to end here. You might be here this morning, and I don't, I don't know very many of you, but you might feel a little bit more like the man in the beginning part of the story. You're in chains. And something's going on in your life you have no control over, and, and you don't really know where to turn, and maybe you're in a system the best they can do, you, do for you is to chain you up or just set you aside and, and hope something gets better. Now I think Jesus' love breaks a lot of chains in our lives. And having a restored relationship with him, that, that gives a lot of peace. And the people we've been able to share the gospel with, one of the big things is, I now have a peace because they know they're not alone. There is a God that loves them. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. No, don't wait. That hope is here, that, that love uh, that saved me in 1981 is the same love that can save you today in 2022.